What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast. We just got done watching WWE Elimination Chamber 2023, so we're going to break down what happened on the show, our thoughts on everything that went down, and so on and so forth. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Callum Wiggins. Hello. Callum, how are you feeling, man? <laughs> I'm deflated. <laughs> I, I can understand that following the the end of this, um, but I will say though I thought that this was a very 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 good pay per view, uh, all things considered. Um, I can see we got some people in the live chat right now. We got Marco, we got Peter, we got Dan, we got True WWE Champion. What's up, everybody? Hopefully, some more people funneling in as well. Uh, as always, tell us what you guys liked, what you didn't like, what you agree with, what you don't agree with, everything that goes along with these. I can see we got already. Yowie wowie, the wrong man went over, wrong results. Feeling a lot of the same sort of uh, deflating kind of energy, I'm assuming, when it comes to what Callum was just uh, projecting out there. Other than the very end of it, generally speaking, what were you thinking about Elimination Chamber? There's some good matches. And I can't say I was like, you know, thrilled throughout the entire thing. I would say that for the most part, like at least the, both the Elimination Chamber matches delivered. And that's kind of about it, really. There are definitely and, some... And, 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 yeah, and then and then the ending sucked the life out of the entire show for me. <laughs> it's like, and, and I know is the result that we expected, but I think, the again, kind of burying the leaks, we'll get to that eventually. But just as an overall consensus, I think the way they booked the main event was probably one of the worst ways they could have gone about it. I will say I have this main event down as the only candidate right now for my match of the year, but I still feel like the ending of it wasn't the right ending and not necessarily the way that a lot of people feel like, Oh, you know, the wrong man went over necessarily. I think the way they went about it was a little flawed. So we will break that down, but we're, we got to break down all the other things to go along with it too. So before we do that, though, just a little friendly reminder of some different things we got going on. Make sure you take part of our Dusty Roads Road to WrestleMania contest we got going on here on SmartCamoma.com. You can win a little Dusty Roads Funko Pop by just entering the contest through a bunch of different means. You know, sharing things on Twitter and liking some YouTube accounts and subscribing around different places and all. Um, now, even more than anything, we know that this is the reason why we are building towards WrestleMania with uh, the Roads family heading towards that title so we're going to shout out fun.com for sponsoring this and we want to let you guys know that that is going to be running all the way up until the couple of days after wrestlemania i'm pretty sure i'm going to shut it off on like maybe the friday after mania or so so take advantage of that while you can uh also make sure that you are supporting us in all the different ways that you can when it comes to obviously liking this video and subscribing and leaving a star rating on like spotify or whatever it might be following us all over those different places but also if you want to help out on the monetary side of things we got the super chats going on right now if you want to take advantage of that you got a little thanks button there on youtube you got the patreon you got the join button which gives you access to the same things as the patreon it's just on the youtube side of the that deal dark cast pick your poison tier etc etc if you want to pick up some merchandise you can on t public and Redbubble. some uh t-shirt options and plenty of different things you can slap those like stickers on or you know whatever the design might be and uh 
as we go along here and we tell you our thoughts on Elimination Chamber, uh, by all means, keep all that stuff in mind and also tell us what you think. I'm going to read a couple of more things from the chat right in here about uh, <laughs> Peter saying, fuck Kevin Owens, he came out too late. Dane saying, why couldn't Kevin Owens come out when the, both the Usos came out? Why wait until Sammy loses? It's just deflating. The stars aligned for WWE and they whiffed it. Uh, True is saying that uh, his girlfriend's not interested in the main event for WrestleMania right now. Match had everything up until the ending. KO thing was cheap. Let's see, we got Jeb in the, the uh, chat as well. Only two complaints. One thing was never going to change. Even still, I knew they wouldn't have the right guy win. That main event was rotten. Kind of mad Owens looked stupid. Where was Billy? Where was Billy No Mates Sokoa? Oh, yeah. Where was Solo Sokoa in all this? I didn't think about that. So before we get into the main event thing, let's backtrack a little bit, though, and let's talk about the way that this all started. By means, I'm talking about the first match because nothing at all happened on the kickoff. They started this off with the women's number one contendership elimination chamber match, which started off with Liv Morgan and Natalia in the ring. And Natalia was getting a pretty decent pop, far from the biggest of the night, but bigger than what she got on SmackDown. So that was something. <laughs> uh, I don't have really a whole lot of notes for some of the specifics here for a little while. Um, I, you know, the next thing I have here is Raquel Rodriguez comes out of the pod, and the next is Nikki Cross. I don't have anything up until Nikki Cross. Is there anything that stood out to you before she got into there? Uh, not particularly. True saying uh, women's chamber started out weak, ended strong. Yeah, I feel like it got better as time went on for sure. And Nikki started that trend of a little bit. She dove off the pod, which it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's I've pulled my back getting out of bed and everything. But her diving off the pod is something that we've seen many, many people do many, many times. Almost every single elimination chamber, somebody dives off of it. And it's one of the simpler things that you can do to get a big pop far from the biggest pop of the night when it comes to that either as well. And uh, Carmella comes out next, immediately goes for some pinfalls. They all kick out. Raquel did this little spot where she was ramming Nikki through the pod door. Again, we've seen it a bunch of times, so not the craziest thing that we've ever seen there. And that led to the first elimination. She was able to just pin Nikki cross out of that and, for the most part, the one that we were all kind of going, oh, you know, Nikki Cross isn't winning this. <laughs> she ended up being the first eliminated. I think it's the right call. What about you? What, that she was eliminated first? Yeah. I don't really care. It's like, as long as the person who won won, it doesn't really bother me who gets eliminated when. Well, sometimes they can play around with that a little bit and make it more like, the Santino one where it's like, all right, Santino's not winning. And then, oh man, you know, he's, she's making a comeback and all. And I didn't feel like that was going to be the case with Nikki this time around. So get her out of the way. Make sure that you've got the people that are standing a better chance. I, I liked the, um, the sunset flip power bomb. Liv Morgan did. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Probably the best spot in this whole match. Um, I can't really think of anything that they did other than that that really stood out to me. That probably was the biggest spot. Maybe I'm forgetting something. I don't know. Um, you can see we got Curvin in the chat here. I was surprised no matches to kick off the show. At this point, I'm not. Uh, they've only had, I think, one pay-per-view in the past year and a half or something that has had a kickoff match. I don't remember there being two. 
There's only one of them that I can recall, but at this point, the kickoff is pretty much just pre-show panel analysis. So we got Carmel in the ring. We got Nikki Cross out of the ring. Asuka comes in, starts, um, you know, tearing people down and all. Next note that I've got, so if I'm forgetting something, let me know. Liv Morgan being eliminated by both Asuka and Natty locking in their submissions, and she still doesn't tap out. She passes out. So it's a good way to keep her from looking like she's, you know, all right, well, she's losing super fast or she's in a weak spot or anything. They're trying to protect her, and I think they're doing a, a relatively decent job for it. Yeah, I think that they've been doing that a bit too much with Liv Morgan, though. The whole pass out spot, like she she does that every time she loses by submission. Like they kind of like it it's definitely not the me, first time. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, realistically, you should be trying to make the person who's causing someone to tap out look strong rather than the person protecting the person who's bit, who's tapping out. Especially if one of those people is the one who's winning the match. I think they compensated for it. I didn't think that that made. Nah, who cares if I'd spoil it? I didn't think that that made Oscar look any worse. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it did, but I don't think it made Morgan look any better. Then, if she would have just out. tapped out to Oscar, yeah, or to Natty, it's like yeah, it's like um, I, I'm always. I think that there are certain occasions they do it in WWE, and frankly, AEW, and practically every wrestling promotion leans too much now into the passing out a little bit aspect of things. Like it should be. You should be tapping out because you're smart and you don't want to injure yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, Asuka has beaten her twice in the past week, made her tap out. So if they would have done it a third time, I think that maybe that would have been, I don't see really the point in having Asuka beat her three times like that in the same week, but maybe they didn't want to fully give one something, uh, something to Natty. And they wanted to have Asuka just get that in there too. Because Natty pretty much soon after that, She's taken out by Carmella. Nothing really going on for that for me. I was like, all right, well, you know, Natalia's getting a little bit of a pop, and then Natty gets taken out by basically the definitive heel of the match. That works. Nothing too special, but it's fine. I liked how they eliminated Raquel. They had both Carmella and Asuka go for a pinfall. So it's another way to help keep her a little bit strong. Yeah, I mean, I think it made the the end of the match super, super predictable. At least if you would have had Asuka and Raquel as the final two, there'd be some margin of doubt of who's going to win. As soon as you're down to Carmella and Asuka, there's like, okay, pretty obvious where we're going now. Yeah, that's one of the downsides for that, because at this point, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, all right, well, Carmella's not going to end up winning this. We all assumed that Asuka was the favorite to win to begin with, but... At least if it would have been Raquel and Asuka, there would have been a little bit more doubt. And there could have been some spots where maybe Raquel hit uh, hit her finisher and almost got a pin or something. But nevertheless, Asuka wins. She gets a tap out for Carmella. And overall, I mean, it was a solid match. Not anywhere close to my favorite Elimination Chamber, but I think it did its job. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a very good match. It's a... Uh... Yeah, but I can't, I can't really recall too many big moments from it off the top of my head, though. So, I'd say it's at the at the time it was watching it. I thought, oh yeah, this this is going really well, and then it's just saying that by the end of the night, I'd forgotten everything that happened in it besides the result. 
Yeah, this is going to be a forgettable Elimination Chamber match for sure. And some of the other things probably too throughout the night. Shout out to Marco. Thank you for the super chat here. Talking about a commercial that we're going to definitely break down going on later on. And I definitely agree. Very uh, much one of my favorite highlights of the night. Thank you again, Marco. Let's double check a couple other things in this chat right here. Uh, Peter says, I'm surprised Oscar was last and that Carmella was last eliminated. Lev tap to Oscar and Raw and SmackDown. We talked about that. Uh, I wanted someone to lock Natty in the sharpshooter. <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, Kervin says, let's be honest, the bloodline need to meet him at both nights, like night one tag team championship night two. You know, that's something we talked about before. We're going to touch back up on that a little bit later on. Uh, Dane says, uh, Triple H must have watched the Super Bowl last week. Unbelievable game with a deflating and lame finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems like that's how the uh, Super Bowl went down. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I saw some of the very end of that. Um, how many people watching WWE's pay-per-view or New Japan's pay-per-view tonight? Are you checking that out right now, Callum? Well, yeah, now it's finally working. Uh, they were giving you some issues? Not giving me some issues, giving the entire people trying to order this some issues. Like right. The whole show was de- delayed for about over half an hour because of technical issues. Not that they just decided to like wait no, the until the pay-per-view was, was done? Frozen. No, the screen was just frozen for Ooh, ages. That's not good. No, yeah. So, so now it's now it's happening. Hmm. So I'm I am watching it in, on my other screen while we're talking. Give us an update if anything super cool happens. Apparently, there's well, like some rumors of CM Punk being there. Oh uh, yeah, apparently CM Punk is in, in attendance at the show. We don't know whether he's going to have any sign of actual involvement on it, but apparently he's there. He's going to beat uh, Mercedes Monet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, you'd be interested to know that Kenta won the. A uh, strong openweight championship over. Look at that! I got Red it right. Yeah. <laughs> I am now officially declaring myself the new Japan guy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, any other uh, super fun, cool, interesting things that have happened so far that you're aware well, of? The only, well, well, the only other match that's happened is the was well, the only other match on the main cards happened because they didn't show any of the uh, pre-show ones. The uh, kickoff, yeah, pre-show matches is the um, was the eight-man tag which Kashida's team won. So oh, I got um, that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. So um so, yeah, now now it's just moving on to the um the open uh the strong open white tag team title match. So so yeah, we're not super far into it. None of the, the super big matches have happened yet. Hmm. True says in the chat, let's see Sasha Banks lose in a lame finish, keep the momentum going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all every uh third time's the charm, right? No, but then as long as you know, they get Bailey to come out and knock someone down, then it's all good, right? Right, yeah. Well, speaking of a lame finish, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. The Leslie connection falls short for me again. The crowd was behind Lesnar, of course, because he's residing in Saskatchewan. Uh, that's where he is, right? Or am I yeah, blanking on that? <laughs> he's definitely not, He's definitely north of the border. I can't say. I, I don't know his exact... Uh, address but uh but yeah he is <laughs> you don't know what street number he's on <laughs> yeah yeah but he cur- currently lives in canada in the middle of buttfuck nowhere yeah i mean uh yeah buttfuck territory is uh it's a hell of a county you know sometimes you take it up the ass when you pay out those bills <laughs> uh, anyway uh flurry of offense to start it all off they had a lot of the typical spots with like you know spears and f5s leading to two counts and everything and they were doing a good job with this as typical, I mean, 
the first two minutes of a Brock Lesnar match typically are a lot of fun. And then the referee goes down or the referee doesn't go down at that point. Um, Lashley ends up getting the hurt lock in Lesnar and Lesnar takes down Lashley with a low blow. So it's a DQ. Yeah. I think, and yeah, that's, uh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. Like it's like those two, they decide to go out for a while, which is fun because I, I like these two when they just want to beat the shit out of each other. And then, yeah, they just told the story of Lesnar tried to get out of the hurt log, tried to power out of it, couldn't do it. And so low blowed his way out of it. My impression is they both heard that Bray Wyatt was after the winner of the match and decided, yeah, I'm just going to lose this then. <laughs> I saw an opportunity to lose the match to make sure he doesn't have to face Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. The Bray Wyatt thing, I mean, we were talking about this with our predictions. That wasn't anywhere close to what anything that we were imagining was going to happen. We were all talking about the different ways that they can do Lesnar and Lashley again. Or, hey, maybe there's some other plan for something else for them to do where it's like Lesnar against, you know, so they're going to bring somebody in for a special thing or Maybe there's going to be a Hurt Business reunion, and that was going to factor into this some fashion. None of us were imagining that somehow Bray Wyatt was going to say, I'm going to fight the winner. And when that happened on SmackDown, my first reaction was just, oh, God, because I don't want to see Bray against either of these two. And I don't want this Uncle Howdy thing to go on for another 10 fucking months before they get to the same point. It's not interesting enough to me. And I know that that's something I've repeated a million times, but that's because it just keeps happening where, you know, Bray's very set on like, I've got this long story I want to tell with all these twists and turns and it's super deep and it just keeps coming off more to me. Like somebody's um, like college film kind of, oh man, this is like super artsy, but <laughs> we can all kind of see past it. You know what I mean? And I don't think Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar has anything to do with this story whatsoever, where it would be like, that's going to be the fun, interesting twist and all. So I kind of look at this and I go, okay, well, kind of, I told you so a little bit of like, I don't think that they needed to stretch this out anymore. If we get another Lashley and Lesnar match, why did they have to do this finish here? This didn't really lean towards anything there. And then why are we getting the, the Bray Wyatt thing? If we're getting Bray against either of these two, which you would think it would be by Lashley because he won by DQ. I don't want to see Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Do you? No, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt wrestle. Like that's, that's, <laughs> just that's general. Just an overall, yeah, that, yeah, that's just an overall uh, position that I take on this. I mean, I, I don't know whether I can fully go into the idea of like, I told you so because they just booked a really shitty finish to to the match. Like, if you just go, go and say, okay, just let these two wrestle and kill each other and come up with a an actual good finish to this, then I'm totally down for it. And I would have been totally down to see a rematch as well. But if you're just going to, you know, be really bad at your job booking matches, then, and come up with lame finish, finish, finishes like this and try and, rescue it with Brock Lesnar hitting an F5 on the outside and taking out a referee. I mean, realistically, this is the this is the steps that Lesnar takes when he's about to take time off because he's yeah. taking out a referee, so he should get suspended for that. He'll get suspended in one of those, like, indefinitely suspended for the next four weeks mm. kind of thing, and then 
oh my god he's back and it's right before wrestlemania and then he attacks somebody or whatever and then that's your match and they don't have to bother to set it up kind of feels like that's what they're doing yeah well i have no idea where they're doing with this because the whole bray wyatt thing in the first instance it just came out of nowhere and now they've made a finish which doesn't make it clear who bray wyatt would be facing at wrestlemania you know what i'm a little bit nervous about here that they are something i'm nervous about that they're gonna uh indefinitely suspend kayfabe of course brock he is going to either pop up at like the week before mania to get some kind of oh my god brock's gonna fight this person and that's what it is or he might even skip mania and then at wrestlemania backlash which they'll probably have in may which they'll probably have in saudi arabia they're gonna go back to bobby lashley versus brock lesnar That's not the thing that I was concerned about. Oh, what are you uh, thinking that they might do? They'll find some convoluted way to make it Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) That would make no sense whatsoever. No, but none of this is making sense. No. And it's like, again, I, I, I repeat myself a lot of times when it comes to these things, but I feel like it bears repeating. When they did the match... And they didn't really get involved at day one, but then they were going to follow it up immediately at Royal Rumble. If you go back, I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder why they did that. Like they could have just done this at WrestleMania. And then of course it becomes like, well, it's going to be Roman and Brock again. And then I'm, you know, I've complained about that a million times, but that was just like, okay, well you're doing the match at Royal Rumble. And then you do the follow-up thing at Elimination Chamber. You take Lashley out of it. You maybe that's something to revisit for SummerSlam, maybe elsewhere, whatever. They wait, they come back to it, they do the crown jewel thing, and the crown jewel thing ends in a lame finish, which is just like the roll-up, which gets everybody, including us, to go, well, that's a lame finish, you're probably going to do the rubber match at WrestleMania, then they're just going to wait a couple months and then come back around to it. And the Royal Rumble thing happens, they decide that they're going to pick this feud back up. Once they started announcing the Elimination Chamber thing, we've been talking about this for these past couple of weeks, of... What are they going to do here to set something up and, and do something a little bit different? This is just another lame finish that this doesn't do anything that the crown jewel match didn't already do. They just kind of copied and pasted it and switched it up a little bit. It's just the same non finish so they can not have a definitive winner between them. At this point, you've had three matches between them, just one-on-one straight up matches. None of them have had a decisive finish. Either you don't want to have a decisive finish and you just keep doing this and you're never going to have a conclusion or this was their idea of a a really shitty conclusion and they're going to move on or you're just milking it more and more and more. And at that point, I'm tired of it. You know, this doesn't make me want to see these two against wrestle against each other at WrestleMania anymore than if they would have just said that they're not on the card. And if the segment was, uh, you know, the contract signing, if that would have been to sign for a match at WrestleMania, I think you just wait four weeks, even if you didn't do anything, if you just waited four weeks, I think I would have been more interested in it than I am coming out of this one. The Bray Wyatt thing I'm completely flabbergasted about. I have no idea how they're going to factor that in. But I think that this was a downer. This was oh, yeah. a fun match up until the end. And then the, the ref bump and everything afterward didn't save it for me. 
Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. It seems like everybody in the chat is as well. Double checking about some of these other things in the chat. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, Peter and uh, this year and last new three minutes between entries. Kevin says, how many people are watching WWE or New Japan pay-per-view tonight? Um, Bray versus Lashley at Mania. This ending was garbage. No more Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. They don't have any chemistry. Gunther versus Bobby Lashley needs to happen. I am still thinking that Gunther is going to go up against both Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, but maybe we're going to get something else. I don't really know. Um, it was a good match until the finish. Yeah. Lame finisher fest as usual. The only differences were Lashley instead of Reigns and it ended it with a DQ. You think Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar really wants to work with Bray Wyatt? <laughs> After some of the reports, I mean, there had been at least rumors going around for a little bit that people were worried to work with Bray because every time that somebody works with Bray, their stock goes down. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. No. Uh, Dane says Lesnar got himself DQ'd so he wouldn't have to rot with Bray Wyatt for six weeks until Mania. Yeah. Um, and I was so invested. This made me feel like Lashley was just a guy who got slaughtered. Bray has at least something interesting. Frankie's in the chat. What's up, Frankie? Yeah, I'm not feeling any of these outcomes. If this ends up leading to Bray against either of them, I think that that is a waste of either of them. I don't think Bray against them makes any sense. I think that the dragging out of the Uncle Howdy thing is one of the worst case scenarios that they can do because that story has been lame. So I was really hoping that they would just like bite the bullet, have those two against each other and it's one segment and that's it. Now we're going to get more segments going on and I'm not interested in them being a tag team. I could say that. I'm interested in the promo that happened right after this though. We got our first of the movie parodies Joker. This is what Marco was talking about a little bit earlier with the super chat. Um, Seth Rollins playing the part of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Becky Lynch popping up, and since she is the man, she's doing the Christian Bale kind of gravelly voice sort of thing as Batman instead. And I mean, I liked the, the Seth Rollins part of it a little bit better than the uh, Becky Lynch thing, but overall, I was like, yeah, all right, look at that. I can get into some of my Fanboys Anonymous geekdom as well. <laughs> Like this a lot. What do you think? Yeah, a, a funny little segment. I'm, yeah, I can't really say it was like I'm. I'm. I'm sure there are other ones that will be hopefully better than this. It's just a case of yeah, this was good, but it. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I think it was a little flat. The other ones that they've done in the past, some well, some of them I should say, I didn't really like the Austin Gladiator one, for instance, but. The uh, the John Cena JBL one for a few good men and the taxi driver ones in the past and all. I want them to do a bunch of these. I actually might be writing up a post about it uh, pretty soon. But the yeah the Joker film I thought was great. Of course I love some Batman stuff in there. Obviously, if anybody doesn't know, check out Fanboys Anonymous. I got the Blueprint Project going out there. Uh, my Batman stories. I'm going to be reviewing some of the content that I have planned for that. So at least the first five stories are going to get a breakdown of um, how Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. So check out what the blueprint project is all about. And my general thoughts on the Batman, a nighttime story, 100 records from the Wayne foundation archives 
over on fanboysanonymous.com. Share your support for that. And the more support I get from that on Patreon and stuff, the more that I can bring you. So if you are a fan of Joker and you want more of my thoughts on those things, support Fanboys Anonymous. Uh, we, uh, we got that going on and that led to honestly, actually one of my favorite parts of the night, which I was not expecting to be the case. The mixed tag team match edge and Beth Phoenix, the grit couple against the judgment days, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley red hot crowd for edge again, you know, Canadian guy makes sense. Super hated Dominic. <laughs> he gets the fuck you Dominic chant throughout the night. And I ended up at the end of this thinking, you know what? This was as good of a match as you could possibly get. And, but since the end of it ends up being edge and Beth Phoenix win, I really want this to be the end of this. I don't think you could top it. Sure. I, I really don't have any much to say about this match. I just thought it was there. Well, some more specific when it comes to this, the Dominic interference, of course, gets him to get ran off by edge comes back. Fans are hating that they did a little spot here with um, the sharpshooters. Beth was struggling a little bit for that one. Struggling even more so when it came to breaking up the pinfall. Did you catch that? Um, After Rhea Ripley hit edge with the brass knuckles. No, nah, I was probably distracted while that was happening. So Beth is supposed to come in, break up that pin and she's like a split second behind. So she basically wasn't going to get there in time to break it up and edge had to, kick out anyway but overall i mean they did a callback to the thing before with finn having edge trapped and Rhea is gonna kind of um concerto sort of beth between the steel steps and the uh, steel chair she escapes that they lead that into like a spear and they uh they went with a shatter machine interesting enough i mean we know that they are close with dax and cash this is a little shout out to them. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I know people read too much into that now. Oh, some people are yeah. going to be like, that's proof that they're coming back. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think it's proof one way or the other. Like, I'm not saying that FTR definitely aren't going back to WWE because they very well will be, do, but I don't think it's anything to do with Edge and Beth hitting that move here. I think it's just a good, it's a good finisher for them to have. Um, I, I will say, like, even though I agree with you that it's, with them winning, it serves no purpose to have another match between these two moving forward or but Judgment Day and Edge going forward. But I will say that I think it's pretty dumb to have Rhea Ripley lose a match, even though she's not the one that gets pinned. Like, again, you're trying to, you're trying to build her up and yes, yeah, she's won the Royal Rumble and she mainly wins matches on TV, but was it really that much to ask to have her get the pinfall here? I mean, I know that would have necessitated the match between Edge and Finn Balor continuing into WrestleMania, but frankly, you're going to get that match at WrestleMania anyway because there's nothing built up for either team either, over them otherwise. So they I are, mean, they are th- wrestling WrestleMania. This is one of those things where we're probably going to look back on it either more positively or more negatively in hindsight because if they do that match where it's just Edge against Finn whether it's an inside hell in a cell or they do edge and Ray and bad bunny and the six man tag that we were talking about. 
if they do a continuation for this, we're definitely going to look back and say, why the fuck didn't Ray Ripley just win this? Because as good as it is for Edge and Beth to get that win, that means it's not the end of the feud. So Beth could have just been out there to do something else. Or ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not Beth's feud, it's Edge's. So Beth could have lost and then they could have done that. But if they don't continue on with this, then I think that that still was probably the best case scenario of just look, Edge pins Finn. Rhea doesn't take the pin, but at this point, they've done so much damage to Rhea with Charlotte Flair that the only thing that matters is really if she wins a mania. Even then, it's not going to undo the damage. It's just going to get her back on track to where she was like, how many years ago at this point? When did they do the, the match? It was mania 2020? 2019. Oh, 2020. Yeah, 2020, because it was a pandemic. It's a pandemic one. So yeah, so it's taken three years and she still doesn't quite look like she did when she was trying to get Charlotte to fight her. Now, taking the loss here certainly doesn't help her. But I don't think that they're going to do anything, honestly, over the next few weeks that's going to make me feel like Rhea is back into that same position. Frankly, I don't think that's going to be the same thing when it comes to Asuka either. I don't think they're going to be able to heat up that feud. I think Asuka versus Belair is going to go into Mania kind of cold. Big fan of both of them. Don't misconstrue that. Asuka is way undervalued from what she should be. Belair is fantastic. She absolutely should be at the top of the division. But it just doesn't have a whole lot of heat to it. And at this point, I'm expecting Rhea and Charlotte. They have the face-to-face or something, I think is what they're calling it again, on uh, SmackDown this week. I feel like that's going to be a pretty bland promo. And then the next thing you know, we're already pretty much into March. So we only have four more weeks worth worth of uh, television to go. And I I don't think they're really going to do anything other than just like, well, you know, it's time for Rhea to win. So if there is something else for edge to do, it's not my favorite thing, but they have built other matches up with less time at mania. Maybe we're looking at something that, I mean, we didn't expect the Bray Wyatt thing to come in here. Maybe all this stuff is to get this stuff out of the way and they've got completely other different plans for some of these people. And we're going to look back in five weeks and go, ah, shit. I mean, no wonder they did that all automation chamber because edge was going to go up against, uh, I don't know. Uh, Jay white. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to be the case for anybody. That's going to run with that and just be like, that's what Tony's thinking. I don't think that's going to be the case, but I'm either going to hate this result in a couple weeks or even by Monday Night Raw, or I'm going to go, yep, yep, 100%, that was the right call. I don't think it hurts Rhea all that much. Right now, you're thinking more so Edge against Finn still happening at Mania, or are you thinking six-man tag? Uh, well, either way, just some sort of involvement between Edge and Finn Balor or the Judgment Day. Still going to happen at Mania. Can we get an edge against uh, Bray Wyatt instead? <laughs> Not that I really want Edge to be in a feud with Bray Wyatt, but maybe that'll at least... Anybody, why do you want anybody wrestling Bray Wyatt? Maybe that would at least like stop a couple bad things from happening and just have one. You know? 
me double check what's going on with this chat right now. If this is the end of the feud, okay. But if not, wrong result. Okay, that's uh, we check about it. that. I was just dropped and forgotten. Unexpectedly, I really enjoyed the mixed tag. I'm convinced Asuka is turning heel on Raw. I do think that Asuka is going to turn heel. You think that? Well, she might in in character wise turn heel, but she's not turning heel because the crowd won't. Because the crowd won't, they would be unker over her. She's going to spiritually turn heel, and then the crowd yeah, will still her, be behind her. Yeah, yeah, her character is going to turn heel, which is going to, in fact, make her more babyface and turn us and turn Bianca more heel. <laughs> They're going to have to. They're they're going to have Charlotte win at Mania anyway. Not even going to bother getting my hope up for anything else. You never know. That's the sad part. They very well could be like, we're setting this up, but we gotta tell that story that Rhea Ripley is still not as good as Charlotte Flair. Sometimes they do that. I'm hoping that under this different regime that that's not the case. But hmm. I think the Mama gimmick against Charlotte is crap. We need the brutality Rhea against Charlotte. I don't want Oscar heel turn. I think WWE is doing that. I'm very worried for Bianca at Mania. Yeah, uh, the two main women's matches, and then you got to assume the other matches we've talked about before. Like, what are they going to do with Ronda? What are they going to do with Becky? All that stuff. Right now, the women's division in WWE doesn't look like it is that big of a priority for Mania. I'm really hoping that they change our minds on that. If Rhea loses, I lose faith in Triple H completely. Yeah, kind of agree. Um, moving on from that, though, we had one of the absolute best highlights of the night, for sure. The United States Championship Elimination Chamber match. Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano starting this off, having a good contest, which uh, it's not surprising, given the two of them. I think it was the right call, having those two started off. Just let them wrestle for a little bit, kind of get a little taste of each other. Get the crowd warming up a little bit. I wasn't thinking that they were going to, but as soon as they started to head towards that direction, I was just like, you know, I think I'm on board with this. Um, I definitely want to see them feud. But you, um, I guess kind of, but they've they've called off Gogano so much that I don't. At, at this point, I'm just don't really care what he does at this point. Like again, in ring wise, it's all good, and so I was glad when they put these two together at the start because you'd have a lot of fun out of it. But it's like at the end of the day, they don't care. They don't seem to care about Gargano at all. So, do you want to see him feud? No, not really. Do you want to see him have a match, a singles match on Raw? Yeah, probably. But feud? No, because who cares? I guess it depends on the story. Well, man, who knows? We might not get many stories when it comes to Mania, even. But yeah. Austin Theory comes out next. A little bit surprising to me. I thought he'd come out a little bit later on. But I liked a lot of their interactions that were going on here. Theory trying to convince Gargano that they should work together against Rollins because the crowd is chanting Rollins' theme. And, hey, we've got history together with the way. Only for Gargano to go after him and then the two of them to beat up Theory on their own. I like that little thing. That was a good little uh, get the crowd to pop kind of moment. Yeah, I, mean, I think uh, yeah, so. Get to yeah, it's just the, a good way to just get the heat on the heel and the heat. Like Austin Fury is such an unlikable character anyway, and in, in not in in a good way. I don't mean like just as a just 
as a viewer, you just want to turn off the channel, but like he's the right kind of heel that you just like to see get beaten up. And so it was a good way of doing it. But you can also, they, they told a good story about the fact that he is, has a previous affiliation with Johnny Gargano. So him trying to play up to that, I'm surprised he didn't just call him dad in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Maybe he did and the mics just didn't pick it up, right? Do you have, uh, when it came to SmackDown, the whole um, issues with like them cutting out here and there? Uh, um, well, uh, the SmackDown, SmackDown, they did like... They were trying they to get the fucky Roman stuff out. Yeah, that, yeah they, and totally shit chance and stuff like that. They were deliberate, Fox deliberately tries to cut those stuff out. Yeah, it was really jarring for that segment. Yeah. I didn't like that yeah. at all. I'm glad they didn't bother with that tonight with uh, well, trying to... It's a, I mean the, yeah, the pay per view thing they can't really cut out as much, but well they don't ha- they don't have to like there's no uh, yeah no broadcast elements of it yeah I mean there's broadcast you know what I mean <laughs> but uh yeah that made a big difference for that because if they would have been trying to like mute the crowd noise or something then that would just ruin a lot of that but Damian Priest comes out next after this and he starts you know doing a pretty good amount of damage to pretty much everybody else we get a this is awesome chant which he replies I'm awesome. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Rollins hits a superplex into a Falcon Arrow. Pretty good spot. Topped the Nikki Cross cross body, <laughs> at least. And Bronson Reed comes in here. And they did a hell of a job with Bronson Reed for this, I thought. Yeah, it's the strongest he's looked so far since coming back to WWE. Easily. And, uh, yeah, I don't... My, my issue is that I don't think there's going to be any follow-up from... From this so it's kind of like oh yeah this is a good one-off performance and the commentary is saying all the right things about how uh, strong he's looking and how dominant he is but realistically he's not going to have a big match at wrestlemania he's going to be lucky if he even has a match at wrestlemania right now he's looking to me like one of the very top candidates to win the andre and i still think that they're going to do that on smackdown yeah so so yeah, I, I was, yeah, it's unlikely he makes the card for Smania. He definitely could win the Andre, but then, and then again, that's not really saying much either in terms of no. like, you can get a renewed push out of it. They've made it abundantly clear winning the Andre, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal means fuck all. Every single time that somebody has won that, they've given them a, like a three-week push and then almost like it's the point of it buried the person afterward. Like they just they don't like it or something. It's I don't know, it's like an albatross more than it is an actual positive. Crazy. But he did some good stuff here. Double stack, Samoan drop and everything. Montez Ford comes out. We had this really good spot that uh was looking really dangerous. One of the few uh of this match that really was kind of making me nervous. Where Bronson Reed had Jenny Gargano up, Rollins hit him with a clothesline, kind of like a doomsday device. And then Gargano twisted Reed into this like reverse Hurricanrana. Almost landed on his head. <laughs> Reed almost landed on his head too. That was kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, I think it's one of those spots that they try and do with like by hitting the poison Rana, you demonstrate that Reed can do some flexible stuff to, to wrestle the smaller guys. So I mean he he's known for being like athletic in that way, so I think that they just wanted to show off that he could do that. He could he could take that move. But yeah, it, it could have uh, gone a little bit wrong. That wasn't the only time that, that happened in the night, too. 
Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. But Tez did a thing uh, that we've seen from some other people. He climbed up to the top of the chamber, fell down on everybody. It's a holy shit chant. I think we've seen it better, but it's still pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a. I, I kind of take the mindset of he just he just climbs up and falls on people. It's it's kind of like I'm thinking like maybe could you do something like a little bit like more spectacular out of it, like what Morrison did. Yeah, Morrison like, yeah, did something. like a he did like a like a C four almost right. Like I mean, not with somebody with him, but like. Or what, did he do a moonsault? What was it? He did something. I'm blanking on exactly what it was. Uh, yeah, I can't recall off the top of my head. Or like uh, a, I think he when, twisted into like a uh, um, shooting star press or something. Yeah. I think it, with those spots, it's always the it it. They, I mean, it still gets the reaction. It says so I can't rebury really it too much, but it always feels like you can't really do much when you're up there. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no you room to twist. Yeah, so, yeah, as soon as you climb up there, the only thing you can do is let go and fall on pe- and hope people are underneath you to catch you. Like, there's very much little else that you can really do with it. Whereas, if obviously, when you climb up to the pod and do something there, you've got more control about the way that you dive. Whereas, this one is just a case of, okay, well, the cool spot is that I've managed to get all the way up here and I'm just going to let go and hope for the best. Peter's bringing up uh, Kalisto and Metalik. Was it Kalisto and Metalik? I thought it was. Um... Maybe uh, Lindsay Dorado had done something. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Lindsay Dorado did a, a shooting star of him, like by flipping himself over on it. But maybe I'm not remembering that correctly. It's hard to remember which one of the Lucha House Dragons or Lucha House Dragons. It was definitely, uh, definitely Lindsay. I don't think uh, Lucha House Party or Grammat League would have done it. I don't think Kalisto was in the match, actually. I'm pretty sure it was Lindsay, but um, I mean, whatever it was, uh, I mean, Montez did that thing that was pretty fun still and um they eventually turned this all into how to get bronson reed out of the match this was a great way to eliminate him he takes a super kick from tez he's still standing tez and gargano super kick him he's still standing tez and gargano and rollins super kick him and he's still standing gargano hits his finisher rollins hits a stomp Ford hits a frog splash and that takes out Bronson Reed. That is a great way to make it seem like, all right, he's the first eliminated, but at the same time, it took three people to do their finishers and five super kicks. I mean, no, six super kicks. That would have been one and then two and then three. That's a great way for Bronson Reed to get to, uh, taken out of this match. Yeah, it's your classic everyone has to team up to take down the monster spot it's like yeah it's tried and tested and it typically works so so yeah that was a good way for him to go and definitely make him still seem strong on the way out um peter's saying about kalisto and sincaro teaming up and and doing something in there that might have been the tag team thing um true saying uh ford didn't look as good as he had wished i think that they did a lot to make montez ford look pretty good here he scored more than one pinfall. That's not, you know, a lot of people can't say that they did that during one of these matches. But I think that overall, Johnny Gargano ended up coming out of this looking like one of the biggest standouts. And one of those moments that really had me nervous. Rollins and Gargano are sitting up there on top of the pod and they're just sitting down. 
kind of taking a moment to chat and it leads to a chop to the chest and Rollins picks up Gargano and he's going to power bomb him off of the pod onto theory and Tez and priest. And that already made me nervous. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to do that. He can't possibly see where he's throwing him. Well, even worse, Gargano goes for her and Karana reverses that. I don't know how so far. It doesn't seem like there's anything I've seen reports about Gargano being injured. It looked like he might've hit something on the way down. Maybe he caught like the end of the ring post or hit part of the, the pot or something. I don't know what it was, but that was a little too dangerous. I don't think that somebody should try that spot again. No, it's a, yeah, again, it's one of those spots that is cool in the idea, but the execution's probably just too dangerous. Because you basically just have to fall. Yeah. And you're not, I'm, keep in mind, everybody, you're not falling from just like a standing position, or you're not even falling from the top rope. You're falling from a height higher than that. Mm. So, uh, Jab in the chat saying uh, Priest broke his fall. Good on Priest for being able to catch him like that then, because that might have saved him from getting a real bad concussion or something, or maybe even worse. I don't know. Got some theories in the chat right here. I'll wait and talk about it in a moment when we finish out what we're going on here. But at that point, I was thinking to myself, man, you know what? I really want John Gargano to win this. And then right afterward, Damian Priest eliminates him. And I'm like, fuck, okay. <laughs> but good showing for Johnny Gargano here. I think he came out of this looking stronger than he has since he's been on the main roster. Yeah, again, it was probably, it was probably his best uh, showing since coming back to the company. But again, I still don't see any long-term uh, repercussions coming out of it. Might not be. We still could be looking at a situation where maybe he doesn't even have a single match of Mania. I'm, I'm pretty much counting on it at this point. I'm, he, he seems on dry bound to me. Same with uh, Tez, most likely. But Tez got a pin over Damian Priest. One of the things that was happening for this, he did a lot of crotch chops. And he did a couple of the rocks maneuvers. You know, He's trying to go for the... Uh, People's elbow. He ends up doing a Uranagi at one point, uh, rock bottom for you know the uninitiated that just go with the rock stuff. But he did at least like five DX crotch chops, and I was wondering what was happening here because it's like you're not a heel trying to get the Montreal. Hey, look at that DX did the whole Montreal thing, and it's not like he's got any direct tie to being like I'm Shawn Michaels' protege and I'm gonna do this kind of thing. What do you think was going on with that? He was just like, man, I fucking like doing these. <laughs> <laughs> and just got into the moment or or what i think he just knows who his boss is <laughs> and so he's trying to appeal to his ego hmm. well he had a good showing but he ended up getting taken out with a stomp from rollins that theory capitalized on he gets eliminated and then they do this angle that for only the slightest split second made me think that there was actually something wrong where Tez is getting helped out of the cage with some officials. But I mean, as quickly as I thought it, I immediately remembered, wait a minute, it's the elimination chamber. They want to have the cage door open. And while the cage door is open, who comes running in there? Logan Paul. He attacks Seth Rollins. He lays him out. Theory capitalizes. It's an A town down. 
Theory retains the title. Logan Paul is heating up his guaranteed at this point, 100% guaranteed match against Seth Rollins for WrestleMania. And overall, I thought it was a really, really good match. I liked the finish. I liked how everybody looked in the match. Massive thumbs up when it comes to me. Yeah, I thought it was a very well put together Elimination Chamber match. And yeah, the result was what I expected it to be. And they've never, they have built to the inevitable Rollins and Logan Paul match. Paul is going to be the heel in it, which is his right alignment to be. It's good that he's they're no longer going to try and insist on him being a babyface when it just doesn't work out. Especially against um, somebody like Rollins, where he would stand no chance of getting cheered. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they built that up and they give, um, yeah, they give Fury a strong victory over everyone else. And, yeah, I don't think anybody walked out of this match looking weaker than when they went into it. So, so yeah, it's good to see. They got Peter with the injury angle. Uh, Corey and Cole, the tone of their voice and stuff. Sometimes they're able to pull that off pretty well. Yeah. Go back and double checking a couple things in this chat that uh, we wanted to come back around to. They have a thing on here where Frankie was saying, by the way, Edge said in the press conference that he will most likely face Ed, uh, Theory for the U.S. title on Raw this week, which has Frankie thinking that Edge will win the United States Championship and then fight Balor for the title at Mania to keep the Theory and John Cena thing non-title. I have not watched the press conference yet, so I'm not paying too much attention to any of those kind of things, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. We talked before about the idea of maybe they would want to take that off of theory to make that a little bit easier. And I could see that being the case and, you know, giving the U S title to Finn, certainly something that they've done in the past. So that wouldn't be the craziest thing either. I don't think that that would be the case though. What about you, Callum? No, I don't think that's what they're going to do. So, but then again, who knows? Dane's suggesting the idea. Theory is definitely going to be the one that takes the universal title from Cody. I think that that's a strong, strong possibility. But then again, who knows? I mean, we don't even know who's going to own the company when it comes to WrestleMania. So. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say it's next to zero chance that Theory is the one that beats Cody for the title. It wouldn't shock me if he got money in the bank again, honestly. I'd say next to zero chance of that happening as well. Could be, could be not the case. I guess we're going to find out in the next couple months or so. Uh, just before we get to the main event, the just as an update from the show, uh, Jay White has been defeated by Eddie Kingston. Uh, so he is out of New Japan and Japan. He is going to lose five more matches to be taken out of other companies and other countries. <laughs> yeah, crap. Crowd's giving him that, giving him a, a standing ovation as he as he struggles to his way back to his feet. So, so yeah, they're all super aware. They're giving him like a frank, a thank you, Jay chant. Is he eating it up like a baby face, or is he kind of just like you know, hey, fuck you, I'm still here. Uh, he's still walking around like uh, he's been knocked uh, loopy in the match. So mm. he's just uh, he's just doing his character thing. So let's get into the main event here. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Sami Zayn going up against Roman Reigns. Super hot crowd. Tons of fun. 
I don't know how long it took for them to actually start the match because the crowd was just, you know, eating up the environment. And they had uh, Sami Zayn's wife ringside. They had all the elements coming together. Fantastic match. Again, we'll address the finish. But mostly from bell to bell, this was just so good. Um, sorry, I'm a bit distracted because David Finley just took out um, Jake White. Just, huh. hit him, just hit him with a shillelagh in the head. <laughs> As he, was, he was about to like cut a promo, I presume, to say that he was leaving and stuff like that. But David Finley just hit him. Just a bonk. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. This. Uh. The the main event. Honestly, it's it's not gonna be. It's not going to resonate for me for a match of the year candidate. I think it's it was the typical Roman Reigns formula, which works really well for him because it, he doesn't have to wrestle a super great match over and over again. It's a lot of talking angles. I, I mean, frankly, it's just like by the second ref bump, I'm just kind of out of it. I just think, yeah, this is just shit. We have this seen is- it enough times by now that it what, does kind what, of fit a, a formula. Which we were just a case of yeah the crowd was super hot and that like it elevates a great a good match to a great match but then as soon as like the ref bumps start coming I'm thinking well, this is just WCW this is just Nitro but every single main event match ends in some sort of ref bump and it's the reason why like I can't I don't that's why I don't really watch Roman matches or I'm just like half watching I was watching this one more intently because of the Sami Zayn aspect but in terms of just general Roman Reigns title matches I'm just typically half watching because as soon as I, there's no point watching until the referee goes down because that's when you know that okay now stuff's going to start happening and stuff's going to ramp up a little bit and I think realistically it was just it was just the, the, mat, the match itself bell to bell didn't really need to be that special because the crowd was just going to carry it anyway. It's, it's similar to the McIntyre Roman Reigns match from uh, Clash of the Castle. I think just if you'd put two other wrestlers in a slightly less hot crowd and they did the exact same match, no one would talk about it ever. No one would talk about it or no one would remember it ever happened. It's just the atmosphere and the two people involved, the story aspect of it carried what was realistically in its mechanical functions, like a two freestyle match. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one of those like five star. You go to this to exactly be like, all right, every move was flawless. And you know, um, you're right about like the, the crowd is carrying this for sure. But so far I'm actually going to put the, uh, the United States championship elimination chamber match as one of my match of the year candidates. So I'm still hoping we get stuff better than those two by, by all means. And definitely I'm also agreeing with a uh, curve in the chat. I'm surprised WWE didn't announce anybody for the hall of fame. Yeah. I'm shocked that they didn't either. I actually thought that they were going to at one point where it seemed like they were leading into that, but I guess they're waiting and just, yeah, save it for raw and kind of do it that way. But I love the match for all the different near falls, all these like, we got the typical thing, you know, Roman crashes through the barricade because he does it in every single match. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The blue thunder bomb, 2.5 count. We got Roman going up to Sammy's wife and being like, you know, taunting her and everything. Every near fall, crowds going nuts. Of course, we get that ref bump. 
and Jimmy Uso comes out. And I was a little bit shocked about that because I figured that he might be not uh, be there, that it might be just Jey Uso. But he attacks Sami Zayn, super kicks him, splashes him, drags Roman on top. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, this isn't going to be the end of the match. This can't be the end of the match. He's got to kick out. And he does. Sammy's able to kick out of a spear, too. Referee goes down as well. So two referees done. This time, it's time for, you would assume, Jey Uso to come out. But Paul Heyman gives Roman Reigns a steel chair first, and then Jey Uso is in the ring. And here's where I think they went wrong. Reigns tells Jey, it's either me or him, and he hands him the chair. And he turns his back to Jey, and the crowd is sitting there waiting. Are you going to hit Roman, or are you going to hit Sammy? And it's building tension, and it's building tension, and then Roman turns around and goes, hey, what the fuck? And shoves him in his face and grabs a chair. Undercuts everything. And Sami Zayn goes for a spear. He ends up hitting Jay because Roman steps out of the way. And Rain starts attacking Sami Zayn with the chair. And hits him with another spear. Referee comes back from the first thing around. Counts him fall at the end of the match. I don't think that this was the right way of doing this whatsoever. I think you needed to do the J turn right here for a couple different reasons. One, that's where the momentum is for J to be like, oh, he's going to hit Roman too. Ah, oh, motherfucker, you hit Sami Zayn. Ah, oh, you dirty bastard. And also, the J turn that should be coming, it shouldn't be because Sami inadvertently hit him. It should be the bloodline thing that he picks the bloodline over him. That gives you the heat, not just the you accidentally hit me and now I'm going to take personal offense to it because we are well past the point. It's even been established on recent TV from the Jimmy Uso angle of this whole thing. They specifically said in this angle, sometimes it's better to watch the show than to be on it. Because when you watch the show, you see things from a different perspective that you might not have seen it. So any reasonable person, if they're in Jey Uso's situation, would go, oh, yeah, Sammy wasn't trying to go after me. He was trying to go after Roman and Roman dodged it. So I don't like Roman. Fuck that guy. But it seems like we have to just do the Usos together. And if it just becomes, oh, well, you shouldn't have gone after Roman if he thought he might potentially move out of the way and get that's not the way to do it <laughs> yeah I think that for for as good or not good depending on your point of view of the actual match itself and there was definitely a lot of good in it I think this whole build up towards the pinfall just like ruins it completely like it doesn't really matter how good the rest of the match was but when you book a finish like this which as I say, I think it's one of the worst ways they w- could have gone about it because, as you say, you shouldn't have had to just waste so much time with the whole Jay holding the chair and is he going to attack Roman or not? And then the yeah, the absolute worst part of it is Sammy spearing Jay because, like the whole yeah, the whole point of transferring if you if your plan is you're transferring the heat onto the Usos against Sammy and 
KO for the tag titles at WrestleMania, then the Usos should be the catalysts of that. They need to, you need to go from Roman turning his, betraying Sami Zayn after Sami quote unquote betrayed him, but like had enough and attacked Roman. And then Roman beat the shit out of him. So all of the heat is on Sammy against Roman. Sammy hates Roman. He doesn't hate the Usos. Obviously, he probably hates Jimmy after Jimmy helped do it. But he mm. doesn't hate Jay. So he has to have a reason to dislike Jay. And this is not a good enough reason. It's like, is Jay going to... If the whole thing is like, oh, you speared me, dog. Now I dislike you and I'm going to join back up with my brothers. And just like, we're a family again. Just isn't going to have the same weight as if he didn't just, you know... Hit, say that he's about to hit Roman, get in the ring, hits him in the back with a steel chair, and then you're just like, everyone hates Jay at that point. And then the bloodline's back together. And then if that's the direction you're going to go in, that's the direction you're going to go in. But this way is like, not only are you not going to now have the result that the crowd are desperately won, which is Sami Zayn winning the title, so you're still going to have that flat kind of ending with everyone just looking so despondent and disappointed and upset, but you've also not transferred the heat onto... Jay, now, and this coming from my perspective, anything else, I'm still in the mindset of, well, Sammy needs to win the Universal Championship because he because he got screwed out of it by Roman. It almost Roman. seems like it should be Jay and Kevin Owens and uh, and Sammy in a match against Jimmy and the completely absent Solo Sokoa and Roman. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because it should be like Jay decided that he still didn't want to hit Sammy after all this. And when they did the thing after the match, you know, they Jimmy starts beating up Roman or Jimmy starts beating up Jay or my God, Jimmy starts beating up Sammy after the match. Kevin Owens comes out and he goes after Jimmy and he goes after Roman. Paul Heyman tries to do something to him. He gets a stunner as well. Jimmy gets sent through the table with pop up power bomb. Jay is completely not seen. And Sammy hits Reigns with a haluva kick and shares a little moment with Owens, but they don't even bother to do the hug, which is like not even the happy way to end that. And now I'm like, Jay seems sympathetic. I don't yeah. hate Jay more. I I think that Jay seems like he should be hanging out with KO and Sammy. <laughs> well, it, and again, it's like I mentioned. Someone mentioned it in the comments on the top of the show, but KO clearly was there. And why has he waited until the match is over to come and mm-hmm. even the odds for Sammy, which makes him look stupid, makes the whole makes the whole ending thing. It's like, again, this is just the equivalent of Tyson Fury coming out and singing with Drew McIntyre just in a more wrestling themed way. It's just, OK, we're we're going to send the crowd home happy by having these two reunite, even though Kevin Owens could have just come out at any point in time when the referees were down and helped take out one of the Usos and. You know, that could have made a lot more sense. But no, we need to make sure that Sammy lost before that. And then if the if the whole aim, the whole aim of this, if you're not having Sammy Zayn win, is that you need to make it fu- fully clear that this is a hot angle now between Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Usos. The Usos are now the main antagonist to Sammy Zayn. The way they've done it is completely wrong. It's uh, it's it's fundamentally like just absolutely wrong because as i say you don't feel that you don't feel any hatred or anger towards jay because jay didn't screw sammy out of it sammy frankly screwed himself out of it by missing that spear 
so realistically, yeah. even though obviously he got screwed out of it, Sammy fucked up, and lo- that's how he lost the match. He lost up, he fucked up, allowed Reigns to seize that opportunity, and so he got beat. Not obviously not fair and square, but he got beat because of his own mistake, which is an even worse thing about it. Like there's so many flaws with it. It's like Sammy fucked up to make his own mistake. Uh, Jay didn't turn, so you you as you say you feel sympathetic towards Jay, or you don't feel any dislike towards Jay for this. It wasn't like it's it's his fault he got in the way of that spear. It's like it's not like he just tried to protect Roman or push Roman out of the right. Roman just moved and he got hit. And Kevin Owens, who was supposed to, who was clearly there behind the scenes, but decided not to turn up because I'm surprised. I'm surprised he managed to get to the arena and then get to gorilla position just in time for the finish to happen um yeah it's all it's all really bad like it's really 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 bad booking and i don't know what i like better or what i'm afraid of more maybe i should say because there's two different ways that i could imagine that they came to this one being they are really dead set on this idea of trying to milk everything and drag everything out and in their minds they're like we don't even want to do like the official official Sammy and KO embrace and like they, they hug each other at the end and everybody can get sent home somewhat happy with that because we want to do that on raw and we want to try to pop a rating with that. And their idea of be, be, being like, well, we'd rather have two B minus outcomes than to have one a outcome. And then they think for some reason that they're going to do this big turn with Jay on SmackDown or on Raw, and then it's going to be like, oh, but that'll be a really cool Raw angle for the the Raw after Elimination Chamber or like, you know, that, that kind of philosophy that we know for a fact is a thing. Part of them is focused on the idea of don't do it at the pay-per-view, do it on TV so that way we can get people to watch the TV thing. And I think that it works in some ways. Like there are some title matches or some big matches that, it makes more sense to do it on TV because you want to get people to tune in. I don't think that the angles really necessarily work that much. I think that you should end a pay-per-view with an angle that gets people to want to watch raw, as opposed to you end with the tease of an angle that might happen at raw. I don't know if I like it better if they think that they can spread this out or if they think that this was just the right call. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just, well, yeah, as I say, it just, it seems like a completely baffling decision. And it's, again, I know a lot of people are super high on the Triple H regime and everything associated with it and that side of things. But honestly, this decision above everything else that he's done so far has given me the indication that he doesn't actually know what he's doing a lot of the time. Like, if you... If this is the this is the biggest thing that you needed to get right out of the entire show, and for me, the way you got it right was having Sami Zayn win. But if you're not going to go with Sami Zayn winning, then you'd have to you have to have a really good way of transferring the heat. Yeah, transferring the heat, and you completely fucked it. So, so yeah, I think that this is the biggest uh, in black eye to his booking so far. Like it's how he's handled this match, and as I say, that that sours the entire match for me. Mm-hmm. As I say, I I probably would have liked it a lot more. Obviously, I would have loved it if Sami Zayn won, 
but I would have liked it more if they had an effective way of having Jay screw Sammy and then have KO come out and like realistically, I would have booked it to have KO come out to equalize Jimmy Uso. Jimmy, yeah. Yeah. And then you, and then you have Jay come out and screw Sammy Zayn when he's about to win. And mm. then, yeah, as I say, That's like, a... it still wouldn't be perfect, but it'd be a much better way of doing it. And that might simple. be that might be considered predictable from some people, but predictable doesn't necessarily mean bad. It doesn't mean like you have to always surprise people or else it's not good. It's logical for that to happen. The referee takes the bump, which again, at this point, we've had way too many of them in Roman Reigns matches. So we know that we're going to get one at WrestleMania and you know, that's the way that it's going to go. But referee takes the bump. Roman gets some help from Jimmy. I still don't understand why Solo wasn't there. Grinch is asking again in the chat, where is Solo? Why wasn't he part of this? That's weird that he wasn't. But let's just even ignore the Solo Sokoa element of it. Jimmy comes out, attacks Sammy. Kevin Owens comes out, evens the odds against Jimmy. The two of them brawl and fight to the backstage area. So at this point, they are written out of it you kind of assume like, okay, they're probably still fighting in the back. Another referee comes out to two count. Oh my God, he's still in it. And Jimmy Uso is not even involved anymore. Kevin Owens is taking care of him. Oh my God, Sami Zayn might actually win the match. Cause it's not like Paul Heyman's going to do fuck all. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the chair thing comes in and Jay comes in and they do the whole thing. And that's where the turn happens. And Jay hits Sammy and then that becomes, you get the pinfall. And you can have Kevin Owens come back out and go after Jay or something. Or you can do a number of different things. Could have had Cody come out, even, if you wanted to try to transfer some positive stuff on. Like, well, Cody's going to come mm-hmm. out and try to save Sammy because it's like, well, he's our hero. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have done something like that. You didn't have to end it with, like, Roman Reigns standing tall over them and whatever. But... I don't understand why they do, they booked it this way. Jay does not come out of this looking like more of a heel. He looks more like a babyface than anything else. He refused to hit Sammy. And I don't yeah. think that the the spear is like that's not uh, that works yeah. for some feuds. Like that's not something yeah. that like it doesn't work fundamentally. It it works really well if two team members like what they've done with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland where it was like, "Look, we're not getting along. We're not communicating. You keep hitting me." Motherfucker, I'm tired of it. Yeah, if anything, it gives Jay somewhat of a justification to turn on Sammy, which is what it shouldn't. He shouldn't have a justification. It should be that Sammy has always had Jay's back and seen the good in Jay, and mm-hmm. Jay threw that back in his face for the sake of his family. And it's a case of no, no. Now the now Sammy is accidentally or not has attacked Jay, and Jay is going to respond. And it's like, well, that's just, well, yeah. That's the that's 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 lame. That that in equi- the equivalent terms, considering how well this whole bloodline story has gone, is a lame way of getting around it. So And there's also no triple threat. It's not like they can do say solo teams with Jimmy and they fight Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and then they also fight Jey Uso and blank. Yeah. Well the, yeah, I, was, I was like, this is the overall, this is the biggest indictment of the the finish for me is the fact that 
you need to come out of it think wanting Sami Zayn to be going after the tag team titles and not the universal title. And I still want him to win the world title. Yeah. And you need He's to come out of it hating Jey Uso more yeah. instead of being able to sympathize with him. Because now that, that makes Sammy look like less of a baby face and he needs to be the ultimate baby face when it comes to that. Yeah. And and it still and it still makes me think that you haven't finished the, you haven't finished his beef with Roman yet. He like he got screwed out of it, and you didn't really trans. Obviously, you had Jimmy get involved, but you didn't really transfer the heat over onto the tag team in this equation. You still got it firmly on, firmly on Roman. And as I say, there's still there's still six weeks between now and WrestleMania, so there might be some way of doing it. But this was the perfect opportunity in front of that crowd. That's when you're going to get the biggest reaction for mm-hmm. doing for turning heel on him and like betraying his trust. And yeah, you completely missed the opportunity to do that. So I think that yeah, as I say, completely and utterly ludicrously bad booking decision. Yeah, I mean the next episode of Monday Night Raw that we've got is this coming up Monday. It's in Ottawa. So they are still in Canada, but it's not Montreal. And the way that they did this, you're not going to get as big of a pop if you do something like that. It's splitting the difference a little bit. Like I've said before, you know, it's not like I've never been in the idea of Pepe and like, all right, well, everything needs to be, you put it all, all the eggs in one basket, but I've also never really been into the idea of if you can knock it out of the park and get a grand slam, what you should do is you should bunt. And then why am I using baseball metaphors? I don't fucking love baseball. Mm. <laughs> and like, um, you know, just get on first base. So that way everybody can get on first base. And then eventually we can come back around and say, well, we scored the same. We just had to do three times as much effort or something that I don't understand whatsoever. And if they wait and try to do this on SmackDown, even more so that's in Evansville, Indiana. That's completely out of the Ottawa type of thing. <laughs> it's less, no Canada connection on that. I don't think Evansville is going to be like, yeah, but you know what? We got to pop that Evansville crowd and do that big angle on there. And over the course of these next couple of weeks leading up to WrestleMania, I feel like they already had enough matches that they needed to do a lot of heavy lifting for. Like we've talked about the Oscar thing and uh, the fact that the Rhea Ripley thing isn't really as hot as it should be. And we don't know what's happening with the women's tag titles and damage control and Becky and Lita and that, Trish and Rhonda and Shayna and, what's going to happen when it comes to how do you build John Cena against Austin theory? If that is the case, it might not even be the case without John Cena being there. And what do you do with Lesnar? Now, what do you do with Bray Wyatt? All this other kind of stuff. You got a lot of angles that really need a lot of work in the next two weeks in particular, because you don't have six full weeks for this. I think they got a little bit too comfortable with the way that they did mania last year, which was, the week of mania people were cutting promos saying i have nothing for mania and i have to do something and i really don't like the era that we're in where the biggest show of the year the one show that matters more than any other show has been since 2020 because you remember what happened with roman reigns and goldberg remember how they built that roman says me (laughs) basically and that was your big build towards one of your two main title matches that would have been basically the main event for the most part for one of the nights and they've got a little too comfortable with this idea of 
none of the shows really matter except for WrestleMania. And then when WrestleMania comes around, they go, well, it doesn't really matter at least until we just, we just need to announce something. At that point, what are you, what are you doing for your job? You know, <laughs> if you spend the entire year waiting to get to the one thing that matters, and then when the thing that matters doesn't matter, aren't you kind of telling fans that none of it matters? You don't need to bother watching any of it. So I'm really hoping that they have something in mind that's going to make us think otherwise. And I liked this pay-per-view a lot, but the end of that, man, got me worried a little bit. Gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, the whole ending of the show left me feeling flat on the whole event, really. So in in a typical thing where you would after the matches we saw for the most part would make you feel like, okay, this is a potential, a potential pay-per-view of the year. And there were some really great matches on there, but I'm just walk away thinking, yeah, I don't really ever want to watch this show again. Really? I think if there was any part of the show that I would rewatch again, it would be the United States title elimination chamber match. Cause that was just fun. But I guess we'll figure some out. When it comes to the follow-up for this and the fallout, when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, maybe they have a game plan in mind that they can turn some of those negatives around. Maybe they can build on the positives and make that even better. Or maybe we're going to be in a situation where the next time that we're talking about this on the hot tags next Friday, we might be like, oh, crap. Mania's not looking good. <laughs> I'm down for Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. That definitely got an upgrade this, uh, this pay-per-view. So we will see what happens coming out of this. And of course, when it comes down to that, we will be talking about that. But next week, we also have another main event spot for us to fill. And we are still trying to figure out what we're going to do for that. So if you have any suggestions, what you'd like to see us do, let us know. We've got room for pretty much any type of angle that we can think of. You know, there's not anything that's stopping us from doing something related to WrestleMania or something unrelated to WrestleMania. We can start getting into more of the the mania talk. We don't have to wait until the very end of March for that or anything. We can get into something like another episode of uh, Hall of Lame. If you guys want us to do that, we haven't really done many of those. We've done two of them, I think. Let me see. Uh, we did one in 2020 and we did one in 2022. So we didn't get a chance. Uh, 2021. So we didn't get a chance to do one last year. So maybe if you want us to do Hall of Lame, we can do a little fun thing like that. Some Obviously, we haven't tapped into too much. We could do another episode of superstar scores for somebody we can do a tier list we can do top rope list we can do a mini tournament we will be talking about the smart madness tournament coming up soon that is something that will be popping up in uh i think next week is when i'm going to be starting that or so so stay tuned for all that stuff but any suggestions you got for fan outs tables or fantasy bookings or mock drafts or whatever it might be let us know we'll factor that all into our possibilities list and then do some kind of a main event over the course of this next week probably on wednesday got those hot tags coming up on friday and before you know it we are going to be talking about AEW revolution the week after that that card's going to be getting filled up pretty soon too so another pay-per-view point in two weeks and then we start getting into the mania stuff even more so and then eventually when it comes to mania week we're going to have just pay-per-view point central you know all these predictions shows all these post shows all these other things Peter suggesting superstar scores Mabel. You know, if enough people say that they want us to do it, we'll do it next week. It doesn't have to do anything to uh, have to do anything with limitation chamber. And, um, you know, when we do all this kind of stuff, of course, if you want to share your support, make sure that we 
know that you have been liking these episodes and that you've been enjoying the podcast and stuff, make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Make sure that you hit the like button on this video in particular. That way it helps us boost a little SEO algorithm going on. Make sure that you shout us out on Twitter for our different accounts and stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smart out moment. Go through all the different things on this marketplace that I had mentioned earlier about the Patreon and the thanks button and the join button on YouTube and following us on the different platforms that are audio only for the podcast, like Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and tune in. And I think I've lost point uh, control at this point of how many of them that there are. Amazon music's another one of those. So you can even get us with like your echo dot and everything. Redbubble and T public are the merchandise options. Make sure that you are also going to anthonymango.com and checking out all the stuff that I've got on that link tree list, like my letterboxd and my LinkedIn and I mean, I don't know why you would be really necessarily like, oh, I got to browse the LinkedIn. That's super fun. <laughs> but, you know, the letterbox, at least you've got access to movie review type content like my Ant-Man quick review that I did on there. I did another one in more detail on the review point of Fanboys Anonymous. Again, of course, check out the Blueprint Project on Fanboys Anonymous for some Batman stuff. And as you can see up on your screen right now, if you're at least watching this on YouTube, plenty of different things that I have planned in the future when it comes to Star Wars and James Bond and Ninja Turtles and X-Men and Spider-Man and Power Rangers and Superman and Wonder Woman and Flash and (laughs) Green Lantern and you name it. I've pretty much got it. I will say I don't have like a, a blueprint in mind for Wave Rider, but then again, who would? And uh, when it comes to all the other stuff that happens, like the Dusty Roads Funko Pop giveaway, that's still going on. Take advantage of that while you can. Make sure that you are following me at Tony Mango. Make sure you are following Callum as well. Yep, so you can find me on Twitter at Weekmeister14. You can check out the power rankings that went up earlier today. Of course, it might be a little bit out of date now that Elimination Chamber has happened, but never mind. You'll get to see all the fallout from that on next week's one. But check it out anyway. And then to see what the landscape was prior to uh, this evening. And then you can also check out the Fantasy League. So Elimination Chamber results are in. Uh, Tony has won the predictions contest for... This one, so he'll get to double up somebody's points heading into WrestleMania, which could be very crucial as we enter the lo- the final stretch. It's only like a few weeks away now, just over a month before we decide who the determine who the winner will be, and the double points show that is WrestleMania. So, so yeah, we will set, keep you abreast of all that stuff. You can check uh, www.fantasyleague.com to see all the latest standings associated with that i have no idea who i'm going to double up when it comes to that it's hard for me to keep track of who's even on my team at this point especially because you know we don't do the the weekly trades and, and do everything like that um is there anybody the offhand because they're all the same all, they're all the same yeah but i just don't remember who i had picked at the beginning <laughs> of the year a lot of times um, i'll be like oh man like uh you know this person lost and then i'm like all right never mind they're not part of my theme whatsoever really disappointed uh, when I look at somebody like Naomi and I'm like, I'm thinking Naomi and Sasha Banks are going to get me so many points. They got me six points on week one and fuck all since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, looking at my list right now though, it's looking like the top points earners for me have been like Bianca who she could potentially lose. Bobby Lashley has been doing well for me. I don't know if I really want to give him double points going into what might be a Bray Wyatt match at WrestleMania. That's kind of tough. 
Gunther is there. Ooh, Gunther might be. He might be my main guy to go with when it comes to that. I'm get some good points. Yeah. Mania. Oh, also, yeah. Also, you've got other people that are like, I, I would say, like m- most likely certainties to win like a major world title on the card. Like you got Bianca, but Bianca can't win points for winning it for defending a title. She'd have to win the title when she already is the champion, so that wouldn't yeah. help you really. I, I'd say that your best bets is, probably Sammy. Yeah. Uh, potentially Sammy. I'd say that you could argue actually Carmelo is your best is your best option. Oh, I have Carmelo? I didn't even see him on here. Uh, Carmelo, Hayes. Yeah, and the Sasha. All right, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Carmelo, woo. Carmelo might be, yeah, he might be the good pick too for that. Yeah. I, I wanted to get it because I had both Cody and Rhea Ripley in my thing. Oh, you would have secured that. Yeah. I have Oscar as well, so. Oh maybe, man, uh, maybe those on their own will be enough to. Uh, it might win, be to to win me anyway. Now I gotta not only hope that if I. Well, what's the uh, cutoff of when I uh, need to do the double points before RAW? I uh, presumably, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, so t- t- if I take time to speak there. if I don't say anything prior to RAW, I'm gonna double up Sami Zayn. Okay. I might change okay. my opinion if they end up announcing like, oh, you know, Sami Zayn's actually injured and might not be a WrestleMania or something. But um, right now, I'm going to have to try to hope that not only does Sami Zayn win the tag team titles at Mania, but I also have Kevin Owens. So that's uh, some good points when it comes to that. But now I also also have to be sit there going, all right, be the main event of night one. <laughs> Give me even more points about that main event bump. Sorry, Rob, you're... Uh, <laughs> Really not looking like yeah. you got as strong of a chance to to balance us out for your mania points. He might still. I mean, who fucking knows? Um, so yeah, more stuff on Fantasy League, WWFantasyLeague.com. Go ahead and track that out, and of course follow Rob as well, dude Felice. For you know, not able to join us tonight, but he'll be popping up on the next thing, I'm sure. And hopefully you are popping up as well. Hopefully you are tuning in, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition as always. So. Adios for now, everybody. We will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we are being counted out.